Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we'll be talking about a strange fear that showed up one day. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast. We are so grateful to have you here. If you have gone back to school or if you are homeschooled, I hope you are having a fantastic time. We currently homeschool and it has been a little bit crazy trying to get back into the schedule of everything. So I'm sorry if there's been a long spacing of episodes. It's been a little rough trying to get into the balance of everything. But this episode, I think you are going to love and it's going to make it worth the wait. But first, a huge shout out to our newest patron supporters. We've got Anya and Devin and Evelyn and Madeline. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. We're so grateful to have you here. Today's episode is one I've actually never, ever heard of. So I'm really excited to jump into this episode and hopefully you'll learn right along with me. It's March 27th, 1974, when Jerry and Anton Betts and their oldest son Terry were walking on their property on Fort George Island in Florida. They were checking the damage from a brush fire that had just swept through when they found something very odd. A large metal ball, eight inches around, weighing 22 pounds. On closer inspection, they found a strange symbol inscribed on it that looked like an elongated triangle. Now, they were intrigued by their find and decided to take it home with them. After all, maybe this was something valuable. Maybe a cannonball left behind by Spanish conquistadors hundreds of years ago. But it wasn't long after they brought this object home that strange things began to happen. One day, the bet's son, Terry, sat down to play his guitar. Now, as he played, he noticed something odd happening. The ball began to reverberate and hum as the guitar was played. It was responding to the sound and vibration. Terry was intrigued. He picked up the ball and he sat it on the table to get a closer look at it. Now, to his surprise, it began moving around the table all by itself, never falling off the edge. Now, things get really weird after this. I mean, that was already weird, but now they even get weirder. When they set it on the floor, the ball would follow the family members around the house. Doors and drawers began to open and close by themselves, and the family said it was the most active and moved the most when it was outside in the sunlight. So one day, Terry decided to do an experiment. He hit the ball with a hammer. He would immediately regret this decision because the ball began to ring very loudly, almost like it was yelling at Terry to stop. 
Then he would pick it up, shake it, and set it on the ground, and it would move around all on its own again. All of this was very bizarre, and the Betts family wanted answers, but there was no internet back then. So they called the Jacksonville Journal, which is a Florida newspaper, to ask them to do a story on the ball to see if anyone would come forward with an explanation of what the strange object was. Now, the Jacksonville Journal sent Lou Egner to investigate, and he came back to Jacksonville with quite a remarkable story. Lou said that he placed the ball on the ground, and it rolled away and just stopped. He wasn't very impressed until it rolled four feet towards him and then stopped again. Then it turned and rolled eight feet to the left. It made a wide arch and finally rolled back to his feet, almost like it was remote controlled. This story was a hit, and the Betts family soon had many people reaching out to them about their mystery object. Enter Carl Wilson. Carl came to visit from the Omega One Holistic Institute. He spent an afternoon with the ball and said it had a powerful magic field around it, and he thought it was transmitting a radio signal. Next, the Betts family called the military, thinking it might be something that belonged to them. Hey, did you military guys lose this somewhere? (laughs) They took it and x-rayed it, and they found that it was made of high-grade stainless steel, and that it was hollow, with a half-inch shell on the outside. The military returned it and said it was nothing of theirs. I'm just really surprised the military actually decided to return it. Next, they were contacted by Dr. J. Allen Hinnick, an UFOologist. I want to be a UFOologist. That sounds like a great job. Now, the UFOologist studies UFOs, which stands for Unidentified Flying Objects. And they also study the possibility of the existence of aliens. So next, Dr. James Harder, he was a professor of fluid mechanic engineering at the University of Colorado in Berkeley. He examined the ball. He reported that the shell was made of iron chromium alloy, and the x-rays showed the center of the ball was made of uranium, the compound needed to make nuclear bombs. He concluded, all things considering, that it was a small UFO. Strangely, not long after these visits, the military wanted the ball back again. Big shock. But Anton was not interested in letting them test it again. Then something crazy happened. The military came and decided they were just going to take the ball away from him, against the Betts family wishes. They ran more tests and discovered that there were materials in the sphere that are heavier than any material known to man and can be withstood with 120,000 pounds of pressure. Then strangely again, the military returned the ball back to the Betts family. No one seemed to be able to come up with an answer for what the ball was. An old cannonball, a piece of military equipment, alien technology. Soon, a plausible explanation would come, however. A Coca-Cola driver was driving past a shop in Florida and saw something in front of an artist shop. Round balls that looked a lot like the Betts' mysterious sphere. The owner of the shop was an artist named James Derling Jones. Jones made large sculptures with these large metal balls and had an interesting story to tell. He said he was collecting strap metal for his arch when a friend gave him several of these large balls that he had acquired from a large industrial ball valve company. He was driving his Volkswagen bus in Fort George Island area just a couple years before the sphere was found. He was traveling with his bus full of scrap metal and a little room for balls, so he placed several of them on top of the bus. And at one point, he said he lost some of them when they fell off the roof. 
Jones thought the bet sphere might be one of these balls. They're a perfectly good explanation. Or is it too good? How did an ordinary piece of industrial metal do so many incredible things and cause such a fuss? Did the Betts family make it all up? But, but what about Lou Egnar, the journalist from Jacksonville Journal, who saw the ball move with his own eyes? What about Dr. J. Allen Hennick or Dr. James Hardner? Is it possible that this was some type of alien technology? Is this why the military wanted it bad enough to take it? And is it possible that the ball the military gave back to the Betts family wasn't the original ball after all? Did they give them back a fake? The Betts sphere has never been seen since. Many claim the Betts family gave the sphere to the Navy, who in turn lost track of it. Others say the Betts family hid it away themselves, either because they drew tired of all the phone calls or because they came to the realization that they were in possession of nothing more than a metal ball. The Betts family moved out of their house in 1985, and there will be pictures on the mysterykidspodcast.com. So what do you think happened to the Betts mystery sphere? Did the Betts family keep it? Is it locked away or in a storage unit somewhere or in the attic of the Betts house waiting to be discovered? Or is it possible that the sphere never left the hands of the military? Is it locked away, hidden somewhere in a government bunker? Maybe at Area 41 in the next wreckage of an alien spaceship. You decide. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on our next episode. Don't forget to go ahead to Mystery Kids Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow. And we'll see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening.